Are you ready to be fed this morning? Are you, are you ready for the word of God? Yes. Because I'm so ready. I'm so ready to be fed by the word of God. Um, today, we're going to preach from Matthew 25. But I'm going to preach how that word of God has spoken to me. Okay? How that word spoke to me. And I hope uh, it does that to you too. So we're starting a new series, Hope Silicon Valley. So SV is Silicon Valley. Can we say Hope Silicon Valley? Yeah, and I want that to be, become a part of you, this uh, four series that I preach. And as we preach the sermon, we will, also, we will also get to know why we do hope. Why we do Hope Silicon Valley. So in Matthew 25, if you turn to your Bible in Matthew 25... And let me read it for you. We're going to turn to Matthew 25, starting from 34 onwards. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the king, and when you go down to verse 40, and the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of this, my brethren, you did it to me. This is the word of the Lord. May the word of God speak to us this morning. So we live in Santa Clara. And this is the center of what? It's the center of what's possible. We are right at the center of what's possible. We can see prosperity right in front of us. We live with prosperous prosperous neighbors. You know wealthy people in your life. They don't know what to do with the money that they have earned. Please let them know I know what to do with it. (laughs) And at the same time, poverty is right beside you. Right? You see prosperity right here, and there is poverty. There is poverty right in front of us. So prosperity and poverty. And that reminds me of the word in Old Testament when I read Matthew 25. It also reminded me from Deuteronomy 15:11. For the poor you will never cease. The poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, you shall open your hand white to your brother, to your poor, and to the needy in your land. The poor will never cease. We are in Silicon Valley and prosperity is looking at us. We're living with prosperity and wealth. And you don't know what to do with all the money that you have earned. But right beside you is a poor neighbor, is a poor brother, is a poor sister, is a poor family. And God's telling us that you got to open your hand wide in your land and take care of your brother, those who are in need and those who are poor. This is the word of the Lord. 
This is the word of the Lord. And this is the reason why we do, we do Hope Silicon Valley. We got to take care of our city and the people that are in, in our city. We love our city. And this is love in action. Hope Silicon Valley is love in action. If you're serious about following the Lord, if you're serious about being a follower of Jesus Christ, then you will be serious about taking care of the poor and the needy and the strangers. Live like Christ to live with Jesus. What is your envisioned future? What is your envisioned future? I don't know about you. My envisioned future is to dwell in the kingdom of God with God eternally. That is my ultimate envisioned future that I will live with Christ and reign with Him eternally. That is my envisioned future. What is your envisioned future? It is for me is to live with Christ. To live with Christ forever. That means your present vision your present vision, it means your present action is directly linked to your envisioned future. Did you know that? Did you know that how you live now, how you live today is directly linked to how you will live forever? It is very important. This is a defining vision for me and also for you as a church because to live with Christ is our envisioned future. And to inherit the kingdom, you identify with Christ. Right? To inherit the kingdom of God, you have to identify with Christ. So I have been having, I have been struggling for, uh, for the month of June. As you know that I've been preaching from January to May. And when you preach with... Uh, uh, what should I say? Uh, low intensity and passion, low passion, you know? Uh, you don't get tired, right? But you know me, right? Yeah. I'm up here doing this, doing workout, and trying to burn some calories when I'm preaching. So when you preach with intensity and passion, uh, I've been putting my foot in the accelerator and going uh, at the speed of God. And when I wanted to take a break in June, I said, I'm going to take a break. I realized that I was just totally spent. I was exhausted. Not physically, but spiritually also. I was so fatigued physically and spiritually, and I couldn't get out of it. And I prayed to God, Lord, help me. And I'm praying and reading, and I'm doing a lot of thinking. The first week, I said, okay, we take one week, and I'll be okay. No, I wasn't okay. And I asked the prayer group to pray for me. I'm struggling. I'm having this spiritual fatigue. I need to be recharged and revived. Please pray for me. And think, okay, first week God will swoop down and, you know, do something, sprinkle some magic on me, and I'll be like, poof, you know, be a superman or something, wonder woman, I don't know. It didn't happen. Second week, I'm still fatigued. My wife saying, what happened to you? What's wrong with you? You know, you know you, you're like an old man in your 40s. Come on, you know, you can't do this, right? And uh, I said, all right, come on. You know, I can't do this. Well, it didn't happen. I needed more prayer. 
Second week passed. Third week, I'm still struggling spiritually. I'm asking people to pray. One of the members was recommending, Pastor, whenever you come to the church, you're full of smile and joy, exuberance and hope. I don't see that in your face anymore. I said, that's true. I need your prayer. I'm struggling. I've been struggling the whole month of June. I don't know about you, but I've been struggling. I've been fatigued spiritually and physically. I've been wanting to hear the Lord. So I have this, I made this folder uh, in my computer. It's a Dub's vision, right? For the church. So I put a folder, Dub's vision, Pastor Dub's vision. I sit on my computer and going to write because God's going to give me this vision and to speak to the church. And I'm just going to fill up the folder, ready to type. Nothing. No word. Nothing came. So I asked question. There were only two things that God spoke to me during this month. The first one is that focus on preaching the gospel, focus on the Great Commission, not on growth. Right? Do not focus on the numbers and the growth. I want you to focus on preaching the gospel and the Great Commission. I say, yes, that's good. Okay, next. Right? Is there anything more? There was nothing. That was it. This whole month, God gave me one word. And that is to preach the gospel and to focus on the Great Commission. And that's what I'm going to do. That is what I'm going to do. One word from the Lord. So we've been driving around California, camping. I've been diving under the lake to see whether God is in there. I didn't find, you know, it was the water was muddy. I couldn't see anything. I've been camping in the heat in Livermore, 104, 105, you know, thinking there will be a burning bush moment. No, (laughs) there was no bush, right? I couldn't find it, you know. I was camping uh, and expecting God to talk to me. Nothing, nothing. He wasn't in the tree. He wasn't in the cave. You know, I went to the cave too. Stood by the mouth of the cave. It's a little cave. (laughs) Uh, Then we drove to go to Mission Summit. About 22, 25 of us went to Mission Summit. This is related to the sermon, by the way. It's coming, so you wait on. Where is pastor going? I'm going to take you down the road how this word of God spoke to me. And we drove. We drove to Oregon. Portland, Oregon. People flew. We drove. It's, uh, it took us 12 hours to get there because we had to stop and eat. You know. As I, we were driving... The temperature changes, you know. We get into like Reading and it's warmer. And then we, and then this huge mountain appeared before our eyes. Shasta Mountain, right? It's like, wow, this is, my daughter was saying, majestic. This is so majestic. And she said, what is majestic again? (laughs) But it was majestic. I look at the mountain, so big. It seems so near, but... When you drive, it's just there forever. And you look at this huge mountain and me, so insignificant, you know? So insignificant in front of this big mountain. Then we went and drove, and then we saw the Sasta Lake, pristine, bluish green water, right? It's just so beautiful. 
so beautiful such a huge lake then we drove the mountains and the trees and sequoia trees the pine trees sequoia trees are so big so tall you stand there and you'll be like so small then we came down the valley and my wife and we look at each other and I said to my wife honey this country is so big this country is so huge and you feel very insignificant so small we drove to the coastline and drove down the coastline highway one huge rock in the ocean the waves crashing on the rock and you feel so insignificant and then God spoke to me you know what he spoke to me this mountain majestic grand mountain the grandiose river the pristine clear waters the tall trees the crashing waves and the huge rocks everything in this earth it belongs to me I am the master of the mountain with God I rule this universe with God I wasn't that insignificant it's me that will move that mountain it's me that will cross the river it's me that will be the steward of the forest and the food God gave this to me I am not so insignificant that's what he spoke to me and it revived me it revived me at the end of June and that word lifted my spirit because we went to Multnomah Falls and when you go to the bridge and look down my wife and my daughter were you can't even see that they were there they're like specks you know but they are also ruling the universe with Christ we are not that insignificant we are the masters of this universe along with Christ God says when he created everything he said it is yours take eat that's what he said isn't that amazing it just totally blew me away you see so this Matthew 25 for me is uh, is about uh, um, identification see to live like Christ is our present vision right so to identify with Christ we have to identify with the list of my brethren see my security is found in Christ my identity is in Christ it's not on the mountain it's it's not on the great United States of America it's not on those beautiful lakes and what you own it's in Christ what Christ tells me that you are my child I created you in my image and you are the steward of the things that I've created you are the one that will rule over the things that I've created that's where I find my identity see that's where I identify with Christ and if I'm identifying with Christ then I should identify with whom Christ identified. When people ask you, you know, sometimes they come and ask you and say, oh, where are you from? What's your name? And you say, oh, my name is uh, Dubs. You know, oh, and uh, 
Oh, I don't know you. And then you'll try to find somebody that you can identify. Say, okay, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, do you know Sundar? Uh, Sundar is the CEO at Google, right? Uh, yeah, we were born in the same country. <laughs> You're trying to identify with someone. Do you know, do you know so-and-so? A big shot. Yeah, I know. Oh, he's my mother's, brother's, uh, cousin's relative. You try to identify with somebody, right? To make it feel important. You want to identify with the president. You want to find, identify with some big shot, CEO. Somebody that founded Facebook. Like Zuckerberg, he's my cousin. Right? You want to identify with somebody. Great. But Jesus identified with the hungry. Raw up means hungry. And Jesus identified with the hungry by saying, When I was Hungry, you gave me food. You gave me food. The word food appeared first in Genesis 1.29. When, when God told Adam and Eve, I give you the herbs that bear fruits, trees that bear fruits, you take it and eat it as your food. It is God's intention for His creation that they will eat. That was the first time food appeared. Hungry appeared. When Hannah was praying and praising the Lord. You remember Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 2. And, and you, if you read from 1, 2, 3 onwards. And what was she praying for? In the beginning in chapter 1 she was praying because she didn't have a child. She was barren. And people are looking at her that oh you are cursed. God you have done something wrong in your life and God's not blessing you. But we find in chapter 2, she is thanking the Lord. Because you say, you have given children to the barons. And the hungry are not hungry anymore. The hungry are not hungry anymore. You find that. You find our Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4. When he have prayed for 40 days out there in the wilderness. And he was hungry. He was hungry. And you find that uh, in uh, Mark 11. When he was coming to Bethany. To go into Jerusalem. And then he came to a fig tree. And he was hungry. And when he came to the tree. There was no fruit. So he cursed the tree. And the tree died. He's saying we have to bear fruit. God expects us to bear fruit if we are his followers. And what is that? That we identify with the hungry. It is God's right. Basic right that God has given to every creation. Especially created in his image. That we should eat food. It is not right to take away the right of other people to eat food. It's not right to take the opportunity and the right from people to eat and take it away and grab it away because of our greed. He is saying, I've given much to you. Open wide your hand and give to your brother, give to your neighbor, give to the stranger, those who are hungry. I would like you to give it to them rather than dumping it on your trash can. 
and rotting in your refrigerator. I would like you to give this food to them because I created everyone so they can eat food. It is not right that somebody should go hungry and die tonight. It is not right. But this is the world that we live in. This is the world that we live in. That is the reason why we're doing Hope Silicon Valley. Because in the midst of prosperity, there is poverty. Somebody is living in the park. Somebody is living on the street. Somebody is sleeping on the van, in the car. And they don't know where the next meal will come from. And we want to help that. Santa Clara First Baptist Church want to do our small part. Our small part to elevate hunger in Silicon Valley. Are you with me? Yes. And I know that our church is very generous. So we'll give free food on August 6th when we do the Hope Silicon Valley to those who are here. You have done that in the past. When we do worship in the park, we feed the homeless. When we go to San Francisco, we give clothes to them. This is the thing that God has called us to do. Some, Jesus identified with the thirsty. He identified with the thirsty, not with the, with the king, not with Caesar. Not with the one living in the palace, not with the Roman rulers. He identified with the thirsty. You will find in Exodus uh, 16 actually uh, uh, that uh, uh, 17 that the people were thirsty and they told Moses why did you bring us out here we would rather die in Egypt what is this give us water right. water is a basic need you find the Lord our Lord Jesus Christ in John 19 before he died he said I thirst I thirst. Jesus was hungry. He identified with the thir- hunger. And Jesus was thirsty. And he identified with those who were thirsty. He was there sitting with the Samaritan woman. And we have the well here. We call the well. Every Sunday after church, we let people come to the well. And we pray for them. Come as you are. No judgment. No prejudice. No question asked. Just like the Samaritan woman. We are the Samaritan woman. We come to the well of Jacob. The well of the Lord. We pray. He was sitting with the Samaritan woman. Offering eternal water. That she will not thirst again. Do you identify with the thirsty? We gave out water bottle. On 4th of July. People came by. Free water stood by there. You know, Jim and Mindy and Frank and others were there handing out waters. He said, this is free water. They kind of looked surprised, some people. He said, really? Free water? Yeah. Why do we do that? It's because we love our city. It's because we love the people in this city. And that is love in action. And we want to give water. Thank you for donating the water. Jesus identified with the stranger. The word stranger appeared when Abraham was in a foreign land. It's a stranger. And in Exodus 22, verse 21, actually, the word of God says that, I do not want you to mistreat strangers because you were once a stranger in Egypt. 
God told Israelite, I do not want you to mistreat strangers. Because you were once strangers in a foreign land in Egypt. And they were mistreated. The stranger appeared there with Abraham in, uh, in Egypt. And Jesus said, I was a stranger and you took me in. Jesus identified with the stranger. What is a stranger? A stranger is somebody that doesn't have rights. In the land, in a foreign land, he doesn't have the rights as the resident. And God's asking him to take care of strangers because he is a stranger. And in Hebrew, by entertaining a stranger, you might have entertained an angel. My wife and we didn't know better when we first got here in this country. We invited home uh, people to eat at our table. And they were ex-convicts. They wear the, uh, what do you call? Uh, the brace, anklet, you know. Oh, come on over, let's eat together. The hardcore convicts, right? Um, ignorance is a bliss, I'm telling you. You just ate and love, and they even found a halfway house for them to go and stay. And they come to church. They can't ask to, you know, it's give and take, I guess. But still, there is a heart. But when you have kids, you're more careful. What will happen to my daughter? What will happen to my sons? Those things come in. We got to be wise. I'm not saying that we should just invite everybody into our house, to the church. But we have to know people, love them, care for them, and provide the need that they have. Care for strangers. Christ was a stranger. Magur in Hebrew. Right? And he identified with the naked, Erom. Erom, Erom. In Genesis chapter. Two, you find that Adam and Eve were naked and they were not ashamed. They had the glory of the Lord. But when you go to chapter 3, they were naked. They were afraid because they had committed sin against the Lord. See, nakedness reveals our vulnerability. We are defenseless. We are defenseless. And God's telling us to be a defender of the defenseless. To be a protector of those who are vulnerable. That's the church should be. So he identified with those who are naked. You know in Mark 14. When Jesus was tried and on the way. He was going to be crucified. What was he? He was naked. And a young man ran to him. And put a cloth. A linen cloth on him. To cover his nakedness. When he was on the cross. To Calvary, our Lord Jesus Christ was naked. There was a young man that ran to him and put a linen cloth on him so he will cover the nakedness of our Lord. He knows what is nakedness. He knows what it means to be vulnerable. He knows what it means to be defenseless. To be crucified for no fault and no sin of his. Our Lord Jesus Christ knows this. And he said, you identify with those who are naked. When we went to San Francisco during the winter and take the warm coat and socks, underwears and clothes, our youth, they will come and they pray with the homeless on the street in San Francisco. 
It's amazing to watch these youth, young people, praying for the homeless for the first time. 14, 15, 16 years old, praying for the homeless and giving a jacket and a cloak. Why do we do this? It's because the Lord Jesus Christ identified with the naked. He didn't identify with the governor and the king of the land. He identified with the naked. He identified with kagos. He identified with the sick. How many of us have been sick in our life? Me? I have. When you are sick, don't you feel lonely? Afraid? When you have a medical big issue, diagnosis that you didn't expect, doesn't that make you feel sad, frustrated, question, doubts, whether I will live, I die? Christ in Isaiah 53 talks about how he takes the sickness of this world. Identify with the sick. That's the reason why we're doing this free health check on August 6th. And praise be to God. I feel like dancing. You know, this vision 2020 was just an idea. We don't know what will happen, where it will come from. But I'm telling you, God has blessed me. Because during these four weeks of dryness and uh, fatigue and spiritual wandering and not hearing anything from the Lord, I still kept working. I kept working on Vision 2020. I wasn't just sitting around and sleeping and talking to God. Oh, God, I was working. Even though I was dry, even though I did not have inspiration, I was working on Vision 2020. And the Lord worked. With people like Dana and Colin and Sharon and Eileen and others. Do you know today that we have the Stanford Teen Van Health Fair with that big bus. They're going to come and do physicals, immunization, all kinds of things. That teen van from Stanford is going to come to our August 6th health free checkup for the city in Silicon Valley. The pediatrics weight program from Stanford is coming. Indiana, India, Indian health is coming. Dana, Dana is bringing her expertise. Our nurses and physicians are coming. Sharon's bringing uh, uh, breast cancer free screening. Eileen's bringing spinal cord disorder screening. We have God's goodness. And it's coming together. You see? It's coming together. Backpacks, school supplies. It's coming together. I need hairstylists. I need hairstylists. I got two hairstylists. I need two or three more because we're going to give free haircut on that day. And if 60, 70 kids show up, those two hairstylists, they're going to have blisters on their fingers, right? We got to help them. We got to help them. Jesus identified with the prisoners. You know, there was a guy that came to our church, not this church, and he does the sound. He's an IT guy, very skilled. And he was so good. I mean, he did the sound for me, editing, sermon, just very good. He did everything. But he had a very shady past that caught up with him. 
And I knew that. But I still wanted to help him. But finally, he went to prison. When he went to prison, there was nobody. Nobody ever came to see him. It was just me, the stranger, who had never met this guy. And I went to see him regularly. And in fact, I was able to take him out of prison. right, And continue to help him. Well, um, well, in the end, he sued our church. <laughs> uh, this guy, he, he was a con man. Right? And I used to tell him, There's no, if you die today, nobody is going to show up. But I'm here for you. And we got to work together. I still work, work, work with him. We can't give up on people, you know. We cannot give up on people. Joseph was in prison. Genesis 39. That's the word prison that came out there. First time, prison. He was in prison for not his fault. Prison is lonely, scary, dark place. It means you are disconnected from the society. You have become an outcast. And God's calling us to identify with those who are outcasts, who are separated. That's the reason why we do hope. So today's sermon is on health and hunger. Okay? God's telling us to take care of food insecurity and health insecurity. We are not a hospital. We are not a health care uh, company. We are a follower of Jesus Christ to just tell people that we love you, we'll pray for you, what can we do for you? We do our small part. We do our small part as a church of Christ. So we're starting hope there. Pray, pray that God will unleash hope here first in our campus and in this city. What would it look like to unleash hope to a parent and to a student before or on the first day of school? What would it look like? We want to unleash hope in this city. Will you join me? Yes. I would like Colin to please come. Mindy, please come here. Colin, please come. Dana, can you please come here? Oh, is Greg here? Uh, All right. Please stand with me, Dana. And uh, uh, Kimberly is not here. Uh, Mary, is Mary Mary Wong? Oh, they're all teaching, right. Uh, Colin is going to be our medical point person with Dana, okay? And if you have any question on the medical part, you will come to Colin and to Dana. Dana is doing a lot of groundwork already, right? Mindy is going to be the point person for the haircutting. Now, she's not going to be left alone. You got to promise me this morning that all of us are going to look for hairstylists so she will have about five with her, right? I got one more, right? My wife, Margaret, working with Mary, Kimberly, uh, and Chris Ludge is already helping. They're going to be the point person for backpack and book supplies. And Greg, who is not here, running the grill, along with, hey, oh yeah, Hayes, I forgot, Hayes. Uh, Hayes, can you please stand? Hey, can you please come? Actually, I wanted to pray with. And Chris is there. Chris, please come. Yeah, I didn't see that. I want. I want us to pray for them, because today is the start of the series, right?
So Chris Lutke works with the uh, Santa Clara Unified uh, School Unified District, and Hayes is the uh, uh, head of department at Mission College for Hospitality, Nutrition, and uh, if you want to be a chef, you can talk to him. He is bringing two students from the college and going to work with Greg on food and hospitality on that day. School projects, backpack supplies, Margaret and others, Mary, Kimberly, Chris, they're, they're working. Helped, Colin, Dana, haircut, right? And we want to pray for them. It doesn't mean they're going to do everything. And uh, Jerry, our campus director, he's doing the sound at the back. He will be the one managing how we're going to do this whole thing here in this campus. It will be up to him to decide whether we do this side or that side or up in the air. It's up to him. He can figure that out. Right. So let's pray for them. Right? Let's pray for them. Now, <clears throat> um, can, we, uh, can we stand together? And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And let us pray. Father, we thank you for Santa Clara First Baptist Church. And we are starting the Hope Series, Hope Silicon Valley Series, this morning. We've been talking about this for many months. And it's coming together. It's coming together because of people like Mindy, Colin, Dana, Chris, and Hayes and Greg, and Margaret, and Mary, and Kimberly, and other Trudy. Uh, thank you. Thank you that you will make this happen. You're all the leaders of this church. There will be such a blessing to unleash hope in this city. Your idea, just one idea is enough, Lord. And we're going to go with your idea. That everything that we do is part of sharing the gospel, extending and expanding the kingdom of God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.